Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is our goal here every single day. It is our mission to get better in all areas of life, health, wealth, uh, all the things. finances, relationships, That's right. so much so more. Much more. Um, it is uh, our goal to help people find their path to healing first and foremost, whether that's spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and uh, everything in between. That's what we do here every single day. We'll start with our quote of the day. The key to being extraordinary is knowing what rules to follow and what rules to break. That is from Vishen Lakiani, our guest today. I love that. Me too. I think that's so perfect because I think that's kind of how I've lived my life. Like, okay, which rules can we break? <laughs> and which ones do we have to follow? I'm very obedient, but I also do know the ones to break. You do. <clears throat> it's, it's a balance, right? And it's finding that, that middle ground, but being aware enough to know mm-hmm. what's right versus wrong or, you know, anyways, I think it, I thought it was a great quote. It is a great quote. Heel Squad. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to be chatting with one of the most powerful people in the self-help and transformational space, uh, Vishen Lakiani. He's going to tell us how he cracked the code on meditation, and uh, he's going to share with us his six-phase meditation method, which I believe is going to be finally the thing that Kelsey's going to latch on to. (laughs) That's right. I I think think so too. I think this is going to be the one. Anyway, he is the founder and CEO of Mind Valley, one of the most powerful transformational platforms with a growing community of 20 million and a mission to help people step into their greatness. He's also the author of uh, multiple New York Times bestsellers, The Buddha and the Badass, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Today, of course, he's here to talk about his new book, The Six-Phase Meditation Method. So I think without further ado, we should just kind of jump right in. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Vishen. Vishen, um, I think for the sake of our audience, we should get a little bit of background on you sure. and kind of how you started. I love, I love your journey from, uh, you know, wanting to be like a Steve Jobs, getting into Microsoft, all of that, you know, to having nothing and starting something. I mean, it's it's 
a story we hear a little bit more of today where people are kind of um, really listening to what they want and not just doing what everybody else wants. So maybe we start with kind of your origins there and, and what brought you to this world. So what brought me to the world of the mind, meditation, spirit, was Silicon Valley, <laughs> right? And all the crap that happened there in 2001, the dot-com bubble bursting, September 11, I lost a job, couldn't get re-employed. And in that moment of crisis, I happened to take a class on meditation. And very rapidly, everything in my life started changing. I was basically doing sales. You know, I was one of those annoying guys who called you up on the phone and would pitch you if you were a company, software. So I was doing almost the most unglamorous thing, telemarketing sales to law firms in <laughs> Texas. And you would hear so many lawyers tell you to fuck off every single day. By the way, am I allowed to use that on this of show? Of course, yes. Fantastic. It's my and show. So, Get to do whatever we want. I love it. <laughs> so I think... One day after I was told to get the F off like 13 times, I sank into a depression, into a funk. I got on Google. I was looking for answers. I discovered a class on meditation. And that class blew my mind. I flew to LA, took the class. And so this class focused on meditation as a tool for manifesting your goals and for intuition. And that was the key. It wasn't traditional meditation. I didn't need to bliss out. I wanted to actually be able to get off my friend's couch because I couldn't afford rent, so I was renting a couch. I had a car that I had crashed because I couldn't afford to fix the brakes, and I was so in debt. Now, within one week of this class, my sales doubled, and then it doubled again, and then it doubled again. Now, what was I doing? The first technique I was doing was simply listening to my intuition. I wouldn't call any random lawyer. I would check with my gut. Is this person someone I should dial. Instantly, my sales doubled. Now, sales Is that from a sheet, Vishen, of from like- From the yellow pages. So you don't even from, know them. You just were feeling each name. From the yellow pages. Mm -hmm. So the technique I learned is to go into a, in, in a relaxed state of being, run your fingers down the yellow pages, and just play a guessing game. Check with your gut, check with your instinct, and see, is this a yes or a no? That simple technique, double my sales. How about that, right? That's amazing. Then the next technique I used was really interesting. It was, it's called subliminal programming. Um, this uh, mind science pioneer by the name of Jose Silva spoke about it in the 60s and 70s. But I'll tell you what that is. The Rumi said this about lovers. The Rumi said, I can close my eyes and talk to you in a thousand silent ways. And what I believe Rumi was saying is that we can connect with another human being through time and space by thinking about them. Now, there is now some interesting scientific evidence for this, like overwhelming scientific evidence that if you think positive thoughts about someone, they are biology shifts. The San Antonio Mind Science Institute studied this under a scientist by the name of William Broad decades ago. But what I would do then is, before I was calling up one of these lawyers to pitch the software, I would see them in my mind's eye and I would ask that the sale would close if it was best for everyone concerned, if it was best for their clients, best for their law firm, best for our company. And again, sales doubled. Mm -hmm. The third technique was very simple, creative visualization. 
I would see myself hitting my goals, being recognized within the company. So when I started out there, I was 26 years old. I had a computer engineer, engineering degree, but the dot-com bubble had burst. No one was hiring computer engineers. And um, I had no experience in sales. In four months, I got promoted three times and I was made vice president of sales in this company. And my boss asked me, what are you doing? And I said, I think they call it intuition. And he said, nah, that's bullshit. But can you keep doing it? <laughs> so I, I believe in that research and I believe that you can have that connection with someone because I've done it ever since I started meditating. I've used it in moments where I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate about this person. They're being not nice and unkind and I'm going to get them to be kind to me. And so I remember vividly having this like really important meditation before I was going to go to this event and see this nasty person who was unkind. And I was like, you will be kind to me and <laughs> you will be nice. And I ended up showing up and this person who was very unkind became very, very kind. And I did it with my husband when we got into a fight once. I was like, all right, let me try this. So we got into a fight stupid fight. He goes to his office. I go to my office and I was like, all right, we could do the same old, same old, or I could try something. And so I did this thing. I sound so kooky, but I visualized like love hearts coming from my heart and going into his heart. And I saw him sitting in his chair at his desk and I would send them right into his heart. And my husband got out of his chair came into my office, didn't say a word, just kissed me on the cheek and then left. And that's not him. Right. So I know all of this is possible, which is kind of weird because it kind of makes it seem like you can control people. <laughs> but but I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. So It's so I, influencing good, it's good energy yeah. is so, what it is, but I know someone could interpret it the other way. So the, the William Broad studies at the, San Antonio Meinstein's Institute, they, <clears throat> they hooked up receivers to 19 machines that measured all of these different biological responses, skin resistance, heart rate, breathing rate, brain activity. And then there would be senders in a different room. And at a specific time, they would tell the senders, think good thoughts about the assigned receiver. So maybe at 1.53 p.m., the senders had to send positive thoughts to the receiver. And at exactly that moment, these machines would show a shift the person might get more relaxed. Their heart rate might, might show a healthier pattern. Their brain activity might slow down to the alpha level at exactly the point someone was sending them good vibes. And so I believe we're all connected. I mean, we see this in animals as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like animals sometimes <clears throat> seem to communicate uh, like the hundred monkey theory. As soon as a monkey on one island in Japan learns to say, use a rock to open a shellfish, other monkeys in that same island start imitating him, and that's expected, imitation. But then, when about a hundred monkeys or so are doing it, on a remote island far away, other monkeys of the same species suddenly start doing the same behavior. The bananas. And so oh, I that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I believe that we are all connected in a beautiful way. In yeah. my book, The Six-Phase Meditation, we kick off the six-phase protocol with that. You see the face of someone you love, 
and you beam them love. And then you feel that love that you're sending them in your heart. And you use that as a starting point for all the other juicy, magical aspects of the six phase. Isn't that funny? <clears throat> I wanted to tell you that story because of that, which was so funny. But I've, I wonder if that meditation you did initially worked, why not use that? The meditation I did initially? Yeah. Well, the meditation what was, I did the difference? initially was, was called Silva Ultramine, and we did use it. The founder, Jose Silva, passed away in 1999. I went deep into his work. I became a qualified instructor. That was what I was teaching for five years. And Mind Valley started really as a tiny little website to get people into my meditation class. And then it blew up into a massive company, and now we're the biggest, um, the biggest personal growth platform in the world. It's been a decade-long journey, right? But it started out with that. So the Silva family came to me and they asked me to rejuvenate their father's work. And I did do that. And so I teach Silva Ultramine online on Mind Valley. But Silva Ultramine is a very advanced protocol. It's not for everyone. Mm, mm -hmm. But for my daily practice, I do the six phase. And the six phase is very heavily influenced by the work of meditation pioneers like Jose Silva, but also research institutes like the HeartMath Institute, and then scientists who have studied gratitude, forgiveness. It's influenced by uh, Dave Asprey's 40 Years of Zen. So what I wanted to do was, I've interviewed about a thousand people, pretty much like you, and I wanted to create something that was agnostic. I love the work of Jose Silva, but I'm not going to say only follow his protocol. So in the sixth phase, I combined protocols that were inspired from conversations and learning time with not just Jose Silva, but Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, the work of Esther Hicks, research at 40 Years of Zen, research from scientific institutions around the world studying gratitude, um, research from innovators um, studying the biography of Steve Jobs. All of that came together. But basically, you got to think about it like this, okay? If you want a wellness practice for meditation, there are two different types of meditation. Now, think about the tools you have in your home. You have a coffee machine. A coffee machine, if you drink coffee, is something you use every single day. Mm -hmm. You do it in the morning. It gives you that little perk that you need for your day. But you also have power tools. I bet you probably have an electric drill. You aren't using an electric drill every day. You use it <laughs> when you have to solve a problem, like hang up a picture. I use my electric drill maybe once every six months, right, to put up a picture or to, you know, threaten someone. I'm kidding. But <laughs> you have daily tools and then you have power tools. Silver method, silver ultramine is a power tool. Mm. If you're going through a health crisis, silver is amazing for healing. There's been a lot of research uh, by the um, scientist O'Carl Simonton on silver as a form of imagery therapy. You're going through a difficult time and, and you got laid off and you need to change your emotional state, manifest a new job, you want to use silver. Silva is about a 20-minute approach, but it's very advanced. But on a daily basis, the coffee maker is the six-phase meditation. I do the six-phase meditation every single day. It can take 10 to 20 minutes. On average, it's about 15 minutes. But it's a layering on of six rapid protocols. Each protocol takes two minutes. But each of these protocols up-level you in exactly what you need to be the best darn human you could be for that day. It gives you bliss. It makes you unfuckwithable. It gives you a feeling like of connectedness that. with others. All of those summarize the emotional benefits. And then it charges you up to aim for your biggest visions, to manifest and command your perfect day 
and then to feel connected to a higher power. So let's go through the six phases and how you came to creating each phase. So let's break it down, you know, for, for everyone listening, kind of um, as, as elementary as possible, as detailed as oh, possible. As, that's because a, that's the whole point of this, yeah. is that it's for anybody getting into right. this. Right. So to, to understand where it comes from, in my work at Mind Valley, I'm a, so I'm an engineer, so I'm an algorithm guy. So I publish on Mind Valley 61 incredible authors. These range from Mae Musk, who is Elon's mother, and she has a program on women over 40 on mm-hmm. conquering the world, to leadership teachers like Keith Ferrazzi, to spirit, spiritual teachers like Sadhguru. All of these teachers I've worked with produce world, to produce world-class programs. And as I talked to these teachers, I mapped out something along the lines of 300 unique human development outcomes. So a human development outcome is some aspect of being human that one can improve. So it may be something really practical, like improving bone density. It may be something more ethereal, such as equanimity. Equanimity is that quality that monks have, where you can be really, really serene in the face of pressure. So as I map out all of these human development outcomes, I wanted to figure out what was the protocol that could give you the best outcomes in the shortest amount of time. I've interviewed over a thousand people over the last two decades of having Mind Valley, and these six specific techniques, what I believe, and a lot of it is also backed by science, produce the highest rate of improvement in as many human development outcomes as possible. So the first technique is compassion. It is basically a compassion protocol that makes you open your heart so you're connected to everyone, all life, all human beings. I love that, I'm, that as I'm talking to you, you have flowers in the background. You have a pictures of a zebra and hmm. then pictures of an elephant. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being being a first-time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I really dig that because it kind of reminds me of how connected we are to our world. I believe that we have two bodies, our physical body, and then our second body is planet Earth. And human beings are deeply connected to each other. If you look at all the studies, okay, like studies on happiness by Ed Diener at Harvard, the one thing that makes us happy is the strength of our social connection. It's a 0.7 correlation. The more connected we are, the happier we are. But it also turns out the more connected we feel, the better our biology functions. We sleep better, we have less anxiety, we have less back pain. There's a healing um, in terms of heart health improving, longevity improves. All of this comes from connection, but you create connection through compassion, through feeling love and unity with all human beings and all life around you. This is why all the great spiritual teachers spoke so profoundly about love, about compassion. We shared a quote with Rumi earlier. I can close my eyes and talk to you in a thousand silent ways. Rumi was speaking about our connection to each other. If you study Jesus, he's all about compassion. You look at Mother Teresa. She dedicated her life to love, to healing. So, the kicking point for the, the starting point for the sixth phase is a compassion protocol. And this was studied at the HeartMed Institute. So what they found is that if you close your eyes and you see the face of someone you love, your heart resonance actually changes almost instantly to a healthier heart pattern that's associated with biological well-being. Instantly, Maria, if you close your eyes and think about your husband or your mom or someone you deeply love, you are healing your body. But you are also, if you believe the studies that we're all connected, healing them. It's a beautiful, beautiful dual mm. advantage. This is the kicking point. But then you experience that love and you expand it in a particular protocol that comes from Zen Roshi Buddhism to the entire world. And now you feel connected with all life, all human beings. When you walk the street and someone is rude to you or a person cuts you off in, this, in, in traffic, you don't get triggered. Instead, you go, hmm. I wonder if they are okay. And if we all did that, imagine what the world would be like. My husband laughs because ever since I started my meditations earlier this year, anytime he gets upset in the car, I'm like, but we don't know their story. (laughs) He's like, shit. And he gets so upset. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's so great because having him be like that in a way also helps me really get strong in my practice of, of being compassionate and understanding and empathetic and all of that. But when you talk about going into your heart, it's funny. <clears throat> I didn't know exactly how you were supposed to do it. And you would think, I love my parents more than anything in the world. The first thing that comes to my heart is uh-huh. my, my German shepherd. So I see his huge happy face and it makes me so happy. That's funny. And then I see my poodle Winnie and her stupid freaking face. <laughs> And that, oh my God, they just have so much joy. And it, it, and the way you were like, even just touching your arms, I feel it go through my whole body. And then I feel a little guilty. And then I think about my dad and his happy face. And then I think about my mom. And of course I have so much love for them and so much joy. But with our animals, 
there is such a pure relationship. That's right. why I love animals so much and I love nature because they never hurt us back. So in, an, in a relationship with a human, no matter what, they're going to upset us, right. you're going to upset them, there's going to be something. But there's so much purity there so that when I got my parents their first dog, uh, at some point, I saw the connection between them. And my dad was like, Maria, we love Beethoven more than you people. And I go, Dad, I get it. And I don't take any offense to that because I understand he's never upset you. I have. So when I open my heart, that's just the funny part of the story. But when I open my heart, I think of them and it just like my heart explodes. Right. And then I'll I'll go through the other things and and the other people and but you said something that I didn't know, which is kind of that expanding into the world. So for everyone's listen for everyone listening's benefit, like how do you expand that specifically? So so it's a it's a more complex protocol, but in a nutshell, okay? So you can start with a pet. You can start with anything you love. In fact, like studies found that you can start by seeing the American flag. Mm-hmm. Right? If you if you love your country, anything you love can be a jumping point for fulfilling that love in your heart. And then as you sense that love, so you're kind of imagining it like it has a color, like it's in your heart area. You take a deep breath and as you exhale, you expand it to fill your entire body. You feel the love flowing into you. Then you take a deep breath and you expand it further to your home and everyone in your home, your neighborhood, your city, your state, your country, and then feeling the, the love world. for them. Feeling, feeling as if you're beaming love. that love. You're yes. beaming that love okay. to wider and wider and wider circles of humanity. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can absolutely start with your poodle and her stupid little face. Her stupid little face. She's such a little hoe. Um, <laughs> do, have you ever heard anybody say this before? Or were you going to like silently judge me for picking my poodle I and love, my shepherd? I love that you picked your poodle. I love that you picked your poodle. You just now I'm thinking, me... I need to get a new dog. Oh, well, we have a couple in there that really? are fosters. They're oh, wow. really special, too. We love all of them. But, um, okay, so that's step one. I love that. Mm-hmm. Step two. So step two. Or phase two. So phase two is gratitude. So gratitude is the human characteristic most associated with well-being. And so here we do a protocol. I teach a protocol called the three-by-three gratitude method. And it's basically going deep into the feeling of gratitude and appreciation for three things about your personal life, which means your spouse, your, your, your dogs, your, your kids, your home, etc. Three things about your work life, which is your team members, your clients, the work you do, and then the hardest one, three things about yourself. Most people are not trained to truly love themselves because they think it's narcissism. Well, it is if you don't have love for other people. The difference between narcissism and self-love and healthy self-love is narcissists don't have compassion outside their own beingness. Mm. That's why we start with compassion. You expand your love to everyone and then you appreciate yourself for who you are. And self-appreciation, self-love is such a powerful healing protocol. I mean, I've, I've spoken to spiritual healers that I've, I've trained with, and they've said if you want to heal your body, one of the most important things is to love your body no matter what state it is in. To love that part of your body, even if it's diseased, to appreciate it, to love it mm-hmm. back into health. And so that aspect of self-love is so important. That's phase two. I love that. I love, and I think that's something we really need to apply. And, and it just is like a balance, right? So you're loving everything else, but you do have to love yourself too. 
Um, I added something new into my practice every day where it's like, what did I do that was loving today to myself? And what did I do that maybe wasn't so loving? So I'm like checking in with myself. So like I actually make better decisions throughout my day and say, no, I don't think I can go do that. Right. Even though I have it scheduled, I it will be very unloving to me for me to you know, stress myself out further than I am now and, and redline harder or whatever it is. So it's made me be more conscious about my decisions. And I think that adding that last step to the loving practice of, you know, loving everyone else, you got to love yourself is, is a reminder of some of the good things because we focus on the bad things so much, Mm -hmm. right? Where we failed, where we are flawed, where we're not you know, where we want to be. I also tell my body, I love every part of my system. I'm like, I love you endocrine system. I love you digestive system. Oh, I love that you do that. I love you skeletal system. I love you skin. I go through the whole thing and I talk to my cells and and I tell them, I'm like, okay, whichever ones of you have to work, I get it. You got to work. Okay. We all got to work. Any of you can go to sleep right now, go to sleep and heal. And then I tell every part of my body that I love it. And I tell like all the different organs and and then I go to sleep. I bet that has that has an incredible effect on your health. I'm trying to have it make an incredible effect for sure. It, it, I'm, I'm sure it does. Like loving your body is one of the best ways to keep your body healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising how difficult self-love is. So I was interviewing Kamal Ravikant. He's an author. And he spoke about how he went through, so he's, he's a Silicon Valley guy, former U.S. Army that um, an author, brilliant man, he wrote a book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended On It. Really, really good book. And he spoke about how he was going through a massive crisis in his life, depression, failed relationship, bad health. And he decided that it was, he really didn't love himself. And so he started doing a simple exercise. He would look in the mirror, look at one eye, and just pay attention to that one eye for one minute. And he'd do this as he was brushing his teeth every morning and just say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it sounds so simple, but he said that simple thing pulled him out of the shitstorm he mm. was in. He wrote a book about it. And um, I've heard so many people say that this simple practice of truly loving yourself changes everything. It makes you less needy in relationships. In many cases, they see healings happen. I'm not talking about like serious disease. I'm talking about anxiety, stress, yeah. insomnia, all of this, which is just serious. from that quality of love. That is serious. Yeah. Insomnia is insomnia so you go psychotic, you right? I mean, it's there's those are very serious anxiety, all of it. Um, and so, I want to suggest that people listening to this right now, if you feel that self love is an issue, practice that mirror technique. And again, I want to cite the sauce that's Kamal Ravikant, and also in uh, phase two of the six phase. We go really deep in the understanding of that and the practice of that. And then once you start instituting this in your daily protocol, your daily six-phase protocol, self-love just becomes a natural thing. But it doesn't make you an asshole. It doesn't inflate (laughs) your (laughs) ego because remember, you start with compassion. Yeah, I love that. I feel like the show, the whole point I always say is we want to get better in all areas of life. It's like grab a tool that connects with you, put it in your toolbox. Right. As I'm sitting here thinking about my my everyday practices, it's a lot. I do a lot of things now. and But it, it's been, you know, an accumulation that's been right. patient and slow. So it's not something that I overwhelm myself with. But um, I'm feeling really good about it as I'm sitting here thinking about all of them. 
um, it's nice, but it does take time and you well, have to devote time to it. Well, I mean, it depends on how you do it, right? There are certain practices that take hours. I'm not a big fan of meditation protocols that take hours. I think that's selfish. It is selfish to tell someone, do my method one hour every day. And some meditation schools do that. And the reason I say it's selfish is because, yes, it can make you bliss, blissful. Oh, it feels so good. But we have kids, we have pets, we have spouses, we have careers, we have work, we have a body. The reason I did the sixth phase is because I wanted to show people that you can get incredible meditation benefits in 15 minutes and even go beyond traditional meditation benefits. And so what I was seeking to do was to find the most effective protocols that work in the tiniest amount of time. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people don't have the time for it for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that when you're focused on a healing or something like that, you can, you know, be more patient with right. an hour-long meditation because you're really focused on doing mm -hmm. something that's going to take a little bit more effort. But I, I think most people, 15 minutes is already hard. 15 so minutes it's nice. is hard, but here's what, what you got to know about it. The methods that I suggest in the sixth phase, the 15 minutes that you spend will probably give you an extra one to two hours that day. I agree. Because of the benefits in your brain cognition, mm -hmm. if you're working that day, your work is going to be so much more productive. I've I know seen if it. I skip my, my sixth phase, I'm not going to be able to work as effectively. I'm not going to be able to get as much done. Mm -hmm. This optimizes yourself. Just like you need to take your car for a tune-up, this tunes up your, your being. And so you do your best work. And that happens in phase four, five, and six. That's what happened to me after I started meditating. I was like, I have so much more free time. Right. Because you're not moving in a fog and you're not moving in confusion. You're not overwhelmed. You're, you're clear. So everything happens faster and easier. And I was like, I'm getting up at the same time. And somehow I have an extra hour in the morning. How is this right. happening? So I, I know that that's possible and that that happens. So phase three. So phase three is unfuck with ability. Nice. And what that means is that you're at peace and centered in terms of who you are. This, another word for this quality is equanimity. Okay, I love that word. Equanimity is to be peaceful within a storm. Equanimity is the quality that monks possess. And unfuckwithability means that criticism, people who are negative towards you, people who have hurt you in the past, I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. 
As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. You are done with that. You're forgiven them. It no longer, you no longer carry the weight of that trauma. So it's a very useful way for removing trauma that you may be carrying with you. But it also means that you are, you love yourself and you're securing yourself enough that you don't have that neediness where you need constant recognition. You need someone to constantly appreciate you. And that's really healthy in relationships because neediness disappears. So how do you become unfuckwithable? Through the practice of forgiveness. Now this was studied at Dave Asprey's 40 Years of Zen and also studied at uh, Dr. Jim Hart's Biocybernaut Institute. Both of these institutes measured the brainwave states of monks and then repatterned those brainwave states in um, a meditator's brain. It's an expensive protocol. It's using advanced biofeedback therapies. It cost around 15 grand at both institutes, and I've, I've done some great work there. But what they found is that if you want to replicate the brainwave states of a monk, and for, for brainwave geeks out there, this means left-right brain coherence and high alpha amplitude, the number one way is forgiveness. Mm. Okay, forgiveness. Now, I remember when I was at the Biosybernaut Institute, this mm. was the story they told me. There was, a, there was a woman, let's just call her Alice, right? And actually not Alice, let's, let's just say there was a woman. And um, she was showing incredible improvements in her brainwave state. And so the neuroscientist asks her, what, what are you doing? And she goes, I don't know. I'm just forgiving that asshole. And all she was doing in the chamber was forgiving her husband for cheating on her. But the act of forgiveness was causing her brainwaves to go through this incredible evolution more and more and more towards the ideal brainwave state of monks who spend decades in meditation. Forgiveness is that magic magic pill. And studies are now showing that forgiveness does so many other things. Um, it improves your, your sports ability. It actually improves vertical jump and increases endurance. What? It's crazy, right? University of Israel, forgiveness increases endurance. I think it was Utrecht University, forgiveness improves your vertical jump. I literally had oh a, a Olympian basketball player reach out to me to say, how can I master forgiveness after I shared that study? It helps you sleep better. It improves nervousness. It, it helps resolve nervousness, anxiety. It improves your relationship with everyone around you. But it also seems to transcend space and time and cause the person you're forgiving to go through an awakening or healing. So let me tell you a crazy I believe that. story. Crazy story that, that happened to me. So I was at one of these institutes um, with Dave Asprey, 
Uh, Dave Hasbro, if you don't know him, he's the the founder of the biohacking movement. Brilliant, brilliant man. He studies everything that has the potential to heal and 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 transform human beings. So I was there with these um, this this group of really high level people. Obviously, it's an expensive protocol, fifteen thousand for five days. So high net worth individuals, and we were having breakfast in the morning at a nearby inn before we went to the institute for our five hour long meditation session. So this was around day three, and this guy comes running down the stairs. Uh, let's just call him Daniel, but he comes running down the stairs and he's staring at his phone. And I ask Daniel, "Is everything okay?" And he goes, "My my my brother just messaged me." And I go, "Is everything okay with your brother?" He goes, "No, you don't understand. I haven't spoken to my brother in in two and a half years. We rarely talk." So Daniel was fifty, and he told me that when he was ten years old. His brother had sexually assaulted him, and it fucked him up. For decades, he couldn't have a normal, healthy relationship. He could only sleep with with hookers. He needed cocaine. He he was hooked on cocaine for a large amount of his time, and then he'd made the efforts to become clean, to clean himself up. But he lost decades of his life because of what happened to him, and of course. He hated his brother. He stopped talking to his brother, and Daniel told me that for the last three days, all he was doing in terms of forgiveness was seeking to forgive his brother. Across space and time, his brother did not know what he was doing, but his brother messaged Daniel and sent Daniel a YouTube video that he had recorded. The brother had recorded this YouTube video apologizing for what he did. This happened across space and time. Mm. And the brother had no way of knowing what Daniel that Daniel was practicing forgiveness. Wow! And so there's a there's a healing influence that seems to happen. Now we can't measure this scientifically. Like in all the scientific studies of forgiveness, they don't talk about this phenomenon because you can't understand what's going on. They talk about how forgiveness improves your biology. It helps you sleep. It can reduce back pain. All of these incredible benefits that you should do, that you should, which means you should do it anyway. But what I've seen, and I've I've experienced these similar things as Daniel. I've seen people that I forgive message me out of the blue, saying, "Hey, I'm so sorry for what I did. I was an absolute jerk." And it's healing for both them and you. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I mean, you can't heal yourself, they say, unless you forgive. Right. When Nelson Mandela left his prison, he said, I knew that if I did not forgive the prison guards who abused him for 27 years, he would still be in in a mental prison. Mm -hmm. And so he invited them for dinner. He broke bread with them. He forgave his jailers. Christian, can I ask? Unreal. Because Elena and I are both in here like, uh-huh. how? Like, how How do you do it though? Can how do you, you forgive? Yeah. Okay. So it's an eight-part protocol. Um, to give credit where it's due, this protocol is developed by Dr. Jim Hart and then by the neuroscientist at 40 Years of Zen uh, run by Dave Asprey. So one thing about me is I, I always cite my sources. Um, I, I interview thousands of people and I always want to give credit where it's due. So it's an eight-part protocol. It's in the book but it may be a little complex to explain here. But the important thing to know is this, you do it in a rested state when your brain is operating at the alpha frequency. This is the easiest state to rewrite 
brain patterns, right? To 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 remove pain, to remove guilt. The second thing thing I can say is that you don't just forgive another person. You apply this to yourself. You forgive yourself for mistakes you made in the past. So many of us beat ourselves up for mm-hmm. things we did wrong. You have to learn to forgive yourself. The third thing is that when you are doing this protocol, start with something small. Forgiveness is a muscle. If you are trying to forgive someone who sexually assaulted you, who beat you, you don't dive straight into that. You start with something small. Maybe, maybe a bully from high school that you still haven't gotten over. Start with something small and work your way up to larger and larger and larger acts that require forgiveness. Is that, that help you? Yeah, no, that helped a lot. Thank you. I think you know forgiveness. I had to. I was at a, a meditation event, and just before I was going into this healing, I said to myself, "Ugh, I have to forgive my brother. I can't expect to be healed unless I forgive." And then, of course. You know, Dr. Joe was like, if anybody has to forgive anybody, now would be the time. I'm like, oh, well, I already handled right. that part. Anyway, I texted my brother and I didn't realize it happened to be his birthday. And I was like, oh, that's something. That means something. But what I was saying to Kelsey about forgiving him is it really is more for you. Right. Because I had to be a person I didn't want to be in order to protect myself. So I had to put up 20 foot walls and be yeah. angry and I'm not an angry person. And so to do all this stuff, which takes so much energy and it makes you so sick. Yeah. So I freed myself the second I did that. And then what's crazy is he's had such an unbelievable energy shift because he's been completely different and very consistent, which we've never had consistency. <laughs> she knows it's amazing. this. It's amazing. Isn't it's it? Forgiveness is one of the most powerful tools to positively influence another person. Mm -hmm. I believe forgiveness is the ultimate act of healing. I agree. And not just healing yourself, healing the other person, and almost like being a trampoline. Remember, ultimately, all of this gives you the brainwave states of monks. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't want to be a monk in today's world with all the chaos going around us? Yeah, yeah, we need it. So... Four? Are we on four? That's phase three. So we're on four. Uh, Now we go on to phase four. Okay. Okay, so the first three phases are all about emotions in the present. Okay, so my previous book was called The Buddha and the Badass, and let me explain that title. The reason it's titled like that is because so many people fall under the false assumption that to be spiritual means to be passive. It means to sit on your meditation pillow, get really comfortable, go within, and be all like blissed out. But no, that's an incomplete picture of spirituality. The great spiritual teachers of the world all went out there and did shit to improve the world. Mother Teresa fed tens of millions of people. Paramahansa Yogananda left India, came to America to start the yogic revolution. The Buddha instituted a social revolution to create equality in his kingdom. Jesus brought a frickin' bullwhip to a temple. Moses took his people and fled Egypt in the midst of an army chasing them. All of these spiritual teachers were fucking badasses. Mm -hmm. Because to be spiritual means that you're not just concerned with what is going on in your internal state. You're concerned with what is going on in the world around you. And the highest level of spirituality is a quality called cosmocentrism, which means you feel so much unity 
with the entire world around you, as well as generations to come, that you cannot help but want to do something to improve the world. And that's what Phase Four is about. It's about getting you off your blissful, juicy internal states and getting you focused on improving the world for generations to come. I just feel like you just made me a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in the blissful state and then I'm like, exactly. But that's what we need in today's world. It's interesting though, because I don't, I've never had that, that, um, that kind of thought process behind any of this. I thought that if we were our best version of ourselves, that amplifies just because like we said, the energy goes out there and then, and you can do your part that way. Whereas I've retreated in the last few years, A, because I was taking care of my mom and I was taking care of, you know, well, not really taking great care of myself, but trying, you know, um, really taking care of my mom. And I said, there are enough people out there screaming and (laughs) there's enough of that out there. There isn't enough people just kind of, so I'm going to be for now, but I, I, I am somebody who likes to make change and effect for change. So It's funny. I feel like you're kind of awakening that side of me just in this conversation. And that's important because if you didn't have that drive, who would take care of your mom? Yeah. I'm not saying you have to like touch a million people, but the simple act of taking care of your mom is phase four. You have a vision for a better future that involves you and someone else. Mm -hmm. What you're doing with with your show is about inspiring people. And so you are in a way improving the world by spreading inspiration, insight, wisdom. Mm -hmm. And this is an important thing. I believe it it gives us fulfillment. So in phase four, now again, I just want to state in phase four, it's not just about seeing how you can help other people. It's also seeing what you want. It's looking at your life three years ahead and then applying tools of manifesting to bring that vision to reality. Now, it may be a new show. It may be being able to have an incredible relationship, attracting a soulmate. But it could also be something that is a new home for your family because that's going to improve the quality of your life and the quality of your family. It could, be, it could be a new car. That's okay as well. It could be anything that you want to experience in the world as a human being. You manifest that forward. So that's phase four. And phase five is related to that. Phase five was inspired by the work of the spiritual teacher, Esther Hicks. In phase five, you command your perfect day. So you see some aspect of your life. So every time you do this, you pick a different aspect of your life three years out. And the reason we say three years is because people tend to overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in three. So we pick a goal three years out. You go really deep in making it vivid, Colorful, real, feeling the emotions. You use a creative visualization protocol pioneered by Jose Silva, and you send energy towards that vision. But it also rewrites your belief system to make you more believe in yourself that you can attain that vision. And you feel the emotions of that version of you three years out. Okay, so that's phase four in a nutshell. Phase five, you look at today. With that vision in mind, with your three-year goals in mind, You look at today and you command how you want today to unfold, bit by bit by bit, how you're going to show up, what's going to happen. You pretend as if you can command how you want your day to happen. 
And this is really, really, really an incredible exercise. And people say that by commanding how they want their day to happen, when they look back on their day, it almost feels as if they had Tinkerbell on their shoulder, just blessing everything, mm. everything just going well. So when you do this, what does that look like? Okay, so in my case, I would see myself waking up, having a really productive morning, um, getting getting into some really inspiring meetings at work, everything going well in our morning huddle. I might see myself having a really inspiring lunch with a friend or with a business partner. As I go to the latter half of my day, I record podcasts, I write. I might see myself flowing with creativity, being super brilliant and charismatic on a particular podcast show. Having dinner with my kids, I might see us having a really, really, really wonderful night. Maybe I'm going out on a date. I might see that date going incredibly well. And then I see myself going to bed in a feeling of bliss, in a feeling of of inspiration, Uh, maybe reading a really good book, maybe spending quality time with someone really special, and then going to bed and having the most incredible, rejuvenating, relaxing, uninterrupted sleep. So Esther Hicks calls this segment intending. You define your life into segments. And she says, if you're naturally a negative person and you don't feel that you can just command your perfect day, just play a little game. Wouldn't it be nice if, wouldn't it be nice if the traffic to work today was smooth? Wouldn't it be nice if my boss appreciated me today? Wouldn't it be nice if the lunch I ate was really, really, really delicious and and I got my order in on time? You just play that game and you will start noticing positive things happening. You appreciate these positive things the next day when you do your gratitude. And the more you do this cycle of desire and then appreciation, the more your life seems to give you what you desire and what you appreciate. Because you're the creator of your life. You are the creator of your life. So you can go the other way too and think negative things or wake up miserable and all of that is an energy field that now you're just attracting more and more of, right? Right. I would say just um, the easiest way to do it is just think you're a magnet. Think of yourself as a magnet and what do you want to stick to you? So think the things you want to stick to you. Exactly. And so again, that's a a spiritual, I believe in manifesting type definition of it. But there's also a scientific definition. Our brain has something called a reticular activating system. It's that part of the back of your brain that is the goal setting mechanism for your brain. Okay, so let's say you've commanded the perfect day and you're having lunch with a friend and you say, food's going to be amazing. Ambiance is going to be great. We're going to have the most inspirational talk. Now you go to the restaurant and the waiter messes up your order and the food that you were dying to order isn't on the menu. At the end of that lunch, because you've told your brain what to focus on, your brain will focus on the ambience. Your brain will focus on the conversation with the friend. The brain will focus on maybe the fact that even if you didn't get the food you wanted, whatever you got was still kind of tasty. You've told your brain what to focus on. And so you are less likely to focus on the negative. You've commanded your RAS, your reticular activating system. You've told it what to focus on. And so when you walk out of that lunch, you still feel better. And so you're really telling yourself, commanding yourself to focus on what truly matters. And this is an amazing way to help eradicate negativity and negative thoughts and negative obsessions. Focus equals feeling. I like that. Focus mm-hmm. equals feeling. Tony I should, Robbins have, I should have interviewed you before I wrote this book. <laughs> I put that line in. Tony Robbins, some of the things that stuck my tool my toolbox was focus equals feeling and motion equals emotion. Mm. So when you're not feeling great, you can just go out and move a little bit and you just 
you start to feel better. Right. And then life's happening for you, not to you. Those were the three that stuck. Life's happening for you, not to, true, not to you. I love that. Best. Yes. Life's happening for you, not to you. That's a very important idea in mm-hmm. phase five. Life is happening for you. You are commanding how you want life mm-hmm. to happen for you. And it's not happening to you. The more you understand that you can command your perfect day, you can, you can manifest, you can command how you want your life to unfold, the less you feel like a victim. Yes. I, I, whenever I actually do command my day and I actually set the intention for it, it's amazing. It always works. It's, it's kind of fail proof. It really is. Right. Um, and if you start with, you know, your gratitude and stuff. So that's why this is so great because it fits everything. Okay. Six. So six is the blessing. Six is where you bring all of this together and you tie it to whatever spiritual belief you have. Maybe you believe in a particular religious God. Maybe you believe that the universe is is who you're communicating with. Maybe you believe in your fairy godmother. Whatever it is, you ask them to bless you. You're basically saying, I've, I've shared my heart and that compassion with the world. I've been appreciative of all the gifts you've given me. I've forgiven anyone who has hurt me. I've shown a vision of how I want my life to unfold. I've asked that my day go smoothly. Will you bless me? That's it. And then what I do is um, I fist bump God. Ha, I love it. And, and of course, it's the COVID era. You can never be, feel, be too safe. So I fist bump <laughs> God. And, um, um, and then I just feel like there's this higher power watching over me. Sri Kumar Rao, who is one of my mentors, and he's a famous MBA professor. He teaches on Mind Valley. He Dr. said, "Dr. Rao, Dr. Rao, yeah. oh, we love Dr. Rao. You've had him on the of show, of course. Yes, he guy. told us the parable of uh, what was it? The um, the, the second arrow or the third arrow, and then also yeah, the he, dog. The dog, the yeah, 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 yeah. He's so good. He's all about parables. Good thing, right? bad thing. Who knows? I love it's that. My favorite. I love that. Yeah. So one of the things. So Rao, Rao's a mentor, and we've had many conversations. One of the things he told me is that the most important belief you, one can have, the most important belief one can have is the belief of the benevolent universe, that the universe is holding you, it's mm-hmm. loving you, it's protecting you. The universe loves you and has your back. And if you have that belief, you're going to be so good in mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I love that because I do that. I do believe that. Right. I think as you get older, you start to see how it is working for you, not to you as well. Um, or if you, if you're paying attention and you're conscious of the patterns, I, I'm able to put the puzzle pieces together and say, Oh, that's why this is happening. And yes. Okay. Okay. I get it. I'm in, I'm good. And I, and that's always kind of been my, my thing. I never knew where I was going. I just would always say, God, take me where I'm supposed to go. I'll work hard. I'll be a good person. Just take me where I'm supposed to go. Heidi, who's here with you, she's like, you never ask anybody for help. You never ask. I'm like, because I know the right thing is going to happen, how it's supposed to happen. And I just, I trust. I've been trying to have kids for 12 years. It looks like it's about to happen. Okay, cool. If it doesn't happen, I know it's not happening for a reason. So I have patience that maybe some other people wouldn't have because I know that everything is happening in the timing it needs to happen in. Right. And, and And that may sound a bit, I mean, some people who are skeptics may say, well, that's self-delusion, but it's still a pretty damn good way to live. It really so, is. So can I share with you a Burning Man yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm at Burning Man, Sometimes right? Sometimes I do ask if I'm delusional. I actually asked God to send me a sign that I'm not delusional are, recently. Oh, 
I was like, just send me a sign, send me a red bird to tell me I am not delusional to think that I am going to heal. And I am in process of healing every ailment in my body. Cause I know it's happening, but I feel like I sound like a kook every time I'm talking about it. So I'm like, send me a sign. Cause I don't want to sound like I'm a delusional kook out here. And did you get the sign? I'm waiting. I just asked for it last night. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that laugh. <laughs> So I was at Burning Man, and um, if you guys don't know what Burning Man is, it is this incredible event that happens in the desert. And the closing of the event, they set this giant figure of this man on fire, a giant wooden man. They set it on fire, and there's uh, 90,000 people there, and all of this like art cars and music, and people celebrating in this incredible fireworks show. And it's something that is so beautiful to watch. So I was rushing back to my RV to meet up with my friends, Jeffrey and Peter, so that we could all go together, because these are guys I'm really close to. But I get lost in a dust storm. And by the time I get to my RV, because there's no mobile phone access in Burning Man, you, like, there's no way to communicate with people. I lose my friends. They'd gone off. They thought I wasn't coming back. And I felt really sad because I realized I'm going to witness this beautiful, awe-inspiring thing alone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm pushing my bike through the desert, feeling really sad. And... Um, Everyone around me is with their friends, with their lovers, and I'm just alone. And so I decide to just go, I see a piece of art, I go to sit down in that piece of art, and I start meditating. And as I'm meditating, I hear a voice. Okay, so I believe I have guides. And this is an example of the universe watching over you and protecting you. And my guide says, this is not the time to meditate. And I say, shut up. I want to meditate. I'm sad. And my guide goes, get off your butt right now and start walking. So I go, no. And the guide goes, get off your butt right now and start walking, Vision. So I'm like, okay, okay, fine, you bossy freaking guide. So I get up, I start walking. And I tell my guide, well, I feel alone. Everyone here is with their friends. Let me meet someone who is a friend or let me meet a new friend. And within 10 minutes, I bump into Keith Ferrazzi. He's a leadership teacher on Mind Valley. And he's there like dressed up in like this really amazing outfit with 20 other people, all of whom were such incredible longtime burners. They had electric bikes. They had, they had, they had everything imaginable with them from glow sticks to, to food to picnic baskets. And Keith says, you lost your friends. Don't worry. From now on, you're sticking with me. Aww. And that last moment of Burning Man, those last four hours was so incredible. I was kind of glad I lost my friends because my friends were mostly first-time burners, completely unprepared. They could have died in the desert. <laughs> but here I was with all of these incredible people. And I was going to see my friends the next day anyway as we drove back to Vegas. But not only that, the people I needed to meet were in that group. Mm -hmm. I met a shaman from Denver. And I was going through a bit of a confusing time in one area of my life. And that shaman came to me and said, gave me some good advice. He said, ask not why did this happen to me, but why is this happening for me? And then he That's what we were just put his arm about. over wow. my shoulder and we went for a beautiful walk across the desert, he being my guide. And so all of this happened because of that level of trust, mm -hmm. trusting that whatever is happening is happening for you. And uh, yeah, and paying attention to the voices. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, don't pay attention to the voices. It depends on what the <laughs> voices say. I love that you're say, defiant against but, your but, voices. But, 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 but trusting that there's a higher power watching over you. Yeah. 
there even is. at Burning Man, especially at Burning Man. That's so funny. I, I do the Esther Hicks as well. I studied Esther Hicks a lot too. And in my nightly prayers, I always ask, please continue to flow amazing people into my life, collaborators, um, friends, uh, whatever it is. Like I always ask, continue to flow right. them. And especially when I'm searching for someone for like a, a job position or some, something, like I've never been calmer. Pooja left. We love Pooja. Um, and now we have Elaine here temporarily. Maybe not. She might never leave. Hopefully not. But if she does leave, I know the right person's going to come. I'm not stressing about the things I used to stress about like that because I have that full trust now that everything's going to be fine. It doesn't mean you're just going to sit back and do nothing, but... When you ask, you will receive. That was always, by the way, since I was a little kid, I always used to say, ask and you shall receive. I would just ask, ask and you shall receive. And it always worked out, even like stupid things. You know, you're on vacation at 13 with your friends and their mom. And you're like, can we get an upgrade at the hotel? And they're like, yeah, why not? And my friends would like look at me and I'm like, I don't know. I just asked. Let's do it. So... Yeah, that's a really fun exercise to play. And every time you receive, you acknowledge it, and your receiving rate tends to go up. Mm-hmm. Is that statistically proven? Well, Jose Silva actually spoke about this. Uh, he trained 6 million people over maybe three decades, and he found that when you express appreciation for that which you receive, you simply manifest faster. Mm-hmm. But also your intuition goes up. When you express appreciation for intuitive hits, you become more intuitive. Oh, wow. It's funny, isn't it? What you appreciate, appreciates. I like that. So I, I I play this game. Like I'll ask for like weird things, banana ice cream. Stop. And I'll, and I was, so I, so I was, I literally decided I wanted to manifest banana ice cream. And then I was visiting some friends in Hawaii. We had lunch. They were supposed to send me to the airport. And on the way to the airport, they decide, they said, they decide to randomly stop at the best ice cream place in Molokai. And they say it's the greatest ice cream in Hawaii. And their main flavor they had two different types of banana ice cream. <laughs> so this type of stuff happens all the time. And then I just celebrate it. Sometimes it can be as simple as banana ice cream. Well, you know? when you're connected, it right. all flows. It all just it all just happens. Do you ask for signs a lot from the universe? Y- yes. Well, I, I not so much signs. I love to manifest stuff. Okay, so I had I had a date with a girl. Okay. And I said, what would make this really, really, really an amazing date? So she said, um, I want a mini pig. Well, I want to be sitting down petting a mini pig. So on she a date? was just Wait, you asked her what she wanted to do on a date? This is what she said? Who she are said, you going out Hagen with? Hagen ice cream and a mini pig that I can pet. Actually, that would be something I would say probably. Right. Can we and go then, see the sea, sea lions? <laughs> and then she said, peace of mind. Okay, so Hagen ice cream, peace of mind, and a mini pig. So before the date, I was on this this cycling trip across Santa Monica, it was by my friend's company and they had like 20, 20 of us, we were cycling and then we stop at a particular spot for a break and I look around and there's a haagen sign. Okay, there's literally a haagen sign because they're selling haagen Next to the store, there's a toy shop and I go in and I say, do you have a mini pig? And they did. They had a stuffed mini pig. Oh, that's so funny. Right? A fluffy stuffed mini pig. So I buy the mini pig. I have the haagen Now I need peace of mind. I look across the street and there's a crystal store. So I Google crystals for peace of mind and they give me seven different crystals. I walk into the store and they have all seven crystals. So I buy those seven crystals and I put them in a little bowl and she shows up for the date and there's haagen There's a mini pig and there's these seven crystals that spiritualists say provide peace of mind. So it was a good day. She liked it. But but 
all of us can manifest like that, and it's just a really fun game. How do you like to manifest? I like to just so the big things are fun, right? The big, but the big things can take time. But sometimes it's really nice to just see how we can train our mind to manifest small things, like a stuffed mini pig. I like it. Do you do what Esther teaches, where you feel the feelings of it already happening? Yeah. 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 And you get to a point. So Jose Silva says there are three ingredients to manifesting. Now, the reason I cite Jose Silva so much is because he, like me, um, he was a bit of an engineer. He was a radio repairman uh, in the 1920s. And so he breaks everything down into a process. So he doesn't just say feel feelings. He's super specific. It's the DBE method, desire, belief, expectancy. So first, you must truly desire it. If you don't desire it, you're going to flip-flop. You're going to change your mind. And then, you know, you're going you're gonna to mess things up. Desire is important, so you're focused on what you want. Belief means you believe it is possible. You're not asking for something that is outside the realm of human possibility. Belief. And then the third one is expectancy. You expect it to happen. It's as if the check is in the mail. You expect to receive that money. You expect to receive it. DBE. So if you can cultivate DBE, desire, belief, expectancy, and hold on to that energy, that's when you know it's going to come to you. So yeah, the feelings matter because if you're expecting it, you feel the feeling in advance. Mm. I like that because I think the way Esther describes it is your desire and your beliefs have to be congruent. Right. If you desire the million dollars, but you don't really believe it can happen, you cut off the flow. It can't come. But I like the DBE because the expectancy is almost like the the nail, the the you know the cherry on top. You have to have that to help you with the belief right. a little bit, right? It helps you with the belief because exactly. if you're expecting it, you believe it. Right. Expectancy is is the secret. I mean, the Bible spoke about this. If you have faith as much as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Faith. Expectancy is faith. Very cool. But that's the hardest one to train, and that's why. We were talking about earlier acknowledging your successes, acknowledging your intuitive hits, acknowledging what you manifest. It builds up your reservoir of faith. And the more faith you have, the bigger and bigger and bigger things you can manifest. Mm-hmm. I love it. Wow. It sounds like Kelsey is going to start the six-phase meditation immediately. Heck yeah. I said to her before I go, I think this is going to be the one for you. Ooh. I feel it. Kelsey, I'm going to add it into it mine. Oh, I, I will. I'm just now going to be meditating for hours a day and being super <laughs> yeah. selfish. I'm not going to be able to get a hold of Maria. She's like <laughs> meditating on her fourth hour. But, well, well, six-phase is 15 minutes. Yeah, so no, this I'm, is actually going to give you time. I'm super excited. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think you really have figured out how to put all into one, mm-hmm. everything into one. Now, how does it physically go for everybody? You, there's nothing you're listening to. You're just well, when you buy going the book, through the phases. Oh, yes, there is a lot you're listening Explain to. So to when everybody. you buy the book, it actually comes with an incredible um, trainer, trainer app. It's um, So you unlock my program um, on Mindvalley. It's called the Six Phase Meditation. It's a video audio program. We built a really cool meditation app. And the app will guide you through it. So the first day, it's just five minutes of training. And then on day six, you've learned to master it. And we, I guide you through the, 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 steps. the steps, the philosophy, the understanding, the beliefs, and the practices. Very cool. Yeah. And we turn it into a habit. I'm going to be doing this. Me too. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, and uh, Kevin's never seen. And I was just going to say, get get it from. Oh, you can follow me on Instagram at 
vision. And then link in bio is where you can buy the book. Or you can go to mindvalley.com forward slash six. And that's where you can get the book with the meditation trainer. Perfect. We're going to put all of that in the summary of this episode, friends, so you can access it easily. Vishen, thank you so much. Thank you. Maria. This was such a great conversation and we learned so much. And I, uh, I'm eager to start the six phase meditation right. myself. I think this is going to kind of take it over the top now. And my husband's never seeing me again. <laughs> I have my, my, my room dedicated to my meditations. I have, oh, yo, I've been using your, um, what is the that? Cushion. The cushion. Yes, exactly. I love that. Right. Oh, it feels so good. I've never seen those before. So I have my shepherd comes and meditates with uh-huh. me. I'm on the recliner. I've got my heated blanket and I put my little um, pillow. What do you call it? Meditation cushion. Your, meditation my meditation cushion, right. cushion. I put that on and then I just, I bliss out and it feels so good. Yeah. I love that cushion. Yeah. It's great. Thank you for I'm sending it. you like it. <laughs> All right, friends. Um, that is it for us today. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.